0: Katie. Hi, Cindy.
1: Are you excited to talk about Nazis today? Yes. That's like my third favorite thing to talk about behind the fall of the Roman Empire, drag queens, then the Nazis. <laughs> In that order. In that order, yes. Well, and here's
0: the thing about what I love about Nazis. No, I don't love anything about Nazis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nazis are pretty much the most most awful mother of all time. (laughs) What I love about Nazis is that you can say anything you want to about them and like rip them apart and you still won't be the worst person in the world for saying those things.
1: It's like the only people who defend Nazis are also Nazis. So it's like they have nothing to stand on. You're not going to find anyone who's going to be like, you know what, though, they weren't that
0: bad. Hitler was an excellent painter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's, there's literally no redeeming qualities about being a Nazi. You can't be like, my no. grandfather was a Nazi, but he also made really great pumpkin pie. <laughs> it's like that, that does not
1: negate his anti-Semitism at all.
0: <laughs> Interestingly, mm-hmm. there are a lot more Hitlers in America than you'd imagine. And I don't mean that metaphorically. I mean, people with the last name Hitler. What? What? I was thinking about it the other day, and I'm like, you never hear of anybody with the last name Hitler. What happened to all
1: the Hitler families? Mm -hmm. And there are still quite a few of them around, Katie. And like, they just average Joes, not part of like the Aryan nation or anything? It's just like a...
0: So there's actually, there's a documentary out there. I want to say, I think it's called Meet the Hitlers. Mm -hmm. And it's from 2016. And I haven't watched it yet, because it requires you to pay for it (laughs) and... I'm a teacher and I have a history podcast. I don't have the money to buy, you know, a $4.99 Hitler documentary on Hulu. But yeah, some of these people are just, you know, your grade A assholes who wanted to change their name to Hitler to make a point. Mm-hmm. But you also have people who are truly named Hitler. And mm-hmm. for a lot of them, it seems like their great grandma was a Hitler. Their grandpa was a Hitler. Their aunts and uncles are Hitler's you know, and they're like, it's our family name, you know, it's going to take a lot more than a dictator destroying an entire group of like a, an entire group of people an entire bringing an entire nation to its knees for
1: me to change my name. And you know, 6 million people murdered in the Holocaust. That's not enough to do it for you. And it's like, what would it take for you to change your name? Full disclosure, Cindy, full disclosure, I had like a great Grandfather, great uncle—I think it was a great grandfather whose name was Adolf, and he changed his first name because he's like, "Oh, this is not a good look post World War II," so he changed his name. That's yeah, that's a
0: toughie. Like you could almost get around, no, you could almost get by with name Adolf, but
1: after after 1939, it's like sorry, 19, especially 1945. mm -mm, No,pe not going to fly. And I was—I find it very interesting that well i mean i understand why but in there are several european countries that legislate what you can and cannot name your child, like your child and one of those like no-go names is hit is like adolf and you and you know they had to put it in like adolf hitler you can't name your baby like adolf hitler you can't name your baby ava braun and you know they had to put that in because someone probably tried to do it right
0: so on that note katie What's our theme this week? Our theme for this week is
1: Nazis ruin everything.
0: Because let's face it, they do. And obviously we say that tongue in cheek. Nazis are truly one of the most despicable people ever in our world. But the thing about Nazism is that it has a way of seeping into all different aspects of life and culture in some very
1: unexpected and very disappointing ways. Exactly. And it may, in fact, color the way that you see the world. It may change some of your spending habits. And some of those the businesses that, that still exist today have, uh, turns out, a lot of like problematic ties to
0: Nazis. So let's get prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay cindy so i'm about to share some information with you that may ruin your sundays going forward oh no yes so cindy the next time you sit down to have a put a nice schmear on a delicious bagel you may want to take a look at where that bagel came from because although bagels and lox and, and New York delis are associated very closely with um, a lot of, you know, Jewish businesses and Jewish traditions. It turns out some of those bagels that we like to consume, especially if you live in a major metropolitan area or in a college town and you go and try and grab a a nice little nosh from, you know, um, a nationally recognized chain, turns out might be Nazi bagels you're eating nazi bagels yes and in fact there's one bagel chain that on the outside seems like it's a, a proud jewish owned bagel place the einstein brothers in fact no in no fact, yes no. they the owners have ties to nazi germany Katie, I was literally sitting
0: here as you're talking and I'm like, don't say Einstein's. Don't say Einstein's. Don't say (gasps) Einstein's. I
1: can't believe it. Oh, but Cindy, it's about to get a whole lot worse. So buckle up, my dear.
0: You just took
1: off bagels from my
0: repertoire of favorite breakfast foods. What are you going to destroy next?
1: Oh, just wait, my love. Just wait. (laughs) So, Einstein Bagels is owned by JAB Holdings Company, which may not be a familiar name to m- many Americans. Um, it's owned by the Reinmans, which is one of, if not the wealthiest family in Germany. Um, they are worth approximately 37 billion with a B. So, JAB Holdings Company um, started off originally as a chemical factory from in the. Uh, hold on. So J.A.B. Holdings was actually started out as a chemical factory that was set up in the 1820s. And during the Nazi era, it was run by Albert Reimann and his son, Albert Reimann Jr., very original. So according to the German newspaper Bild am Stontag, which is actually a a tabloid, but it's a very popular newspaper in Germany. um, An investigation completed in 2019 revealed that it turns out that the Reimanns were actually avowed national socialists and anti-Semites. Like, they're the OGs. They were, there are records that state that they were donating to the SS as early as 1933. Oh my gosh. And in fact, uh, there's documentation that Albert Ryman Jr. wrote a letter to Heinrich Himmler assuring him that the business was owned by, quote, a proud Aryan family and they were, quote, unconditional followers of the race theory. Oh, my God. So when we're talking about their Nazis, they are definitely Nazis. And it only gets worse from their, Cindy. <laughs> Additional research revealed that they had approximately 175 Russian civilians and French POWs working in their factories as slave labor. Now, wait a minute. Just to confirm...
0: We're talking about a chemical plant, not a bagel factory, right? <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> they they produced chemicals that were used in food. Oh. Okay. And JAB holding holdings today now owns Einstein Bagels. Nice. However, Cindy. how did they get their money? From the Nazis oh, and using gosh, using Katie. essentially slave labor. Yes, yes. Cindy, but it still gets worse from there. In addition to having those you know, the Russian civilians and the French POWs working in their factories, they also had them working, again, essentially as slaves, in their own private villas. Oh, my god. And it turns out, Cindy, um, it turns out that the workers, when they were not working at the factories, they were held at some of the most despicable and worst POW and prisoner camps in Germany. Um, Workers were regularly beaten. Women were forced to strip naked and stand at attention. And those who did not were unfortunately sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. And there's documentation that says that the owners of the company knew full well what was going on and would even participate in the physical abuse of the prisoners. Sorry, my notes are kind of all over the place. That's okay. I'm just trying to process, like, how do I move forward from this? (laughs) It is a little disheartening to know that Ryman Sr. and Ryman Jr. never ended up facing any kind of repercussions for their crimes. The elder... Ryman uh, passed away in 1954, and the younger passed away in 1984. Um, several years ago, the family was aware that there might have been some involvement in with the the Nazis during the, the World War II period. So they did hire a researcher to go back and kind of see the involvement in the family. And it turned out, according to this researcher, Peter Harf, that these men, for their based on their actions, should have been jailed.
0: Now. So you're telling me that the family now had no clue that this was in their family history.
1: I think that they knew that there was some kind of involvement, but they didn't know the full scope of it. Um, And that's why they Mm -hmm. hired this researcher to kind of go back. But all of this didn't come to light. Like the, the quite the extent didn't come to light publicly until there was this investigative piece that was put together in twenty nineteen by this this newspaper that's and- so interesting to
0: me because again, I'm not you know i I don't think that family members in general should be held accountable for actions of other family members, especially ones that passed away before perhaps you were born. However, if the junior passed away in nineteen eighty four If he had siblings, right? Those siblings have kids who are probably like in their 60s or something. You're telling me they had no clue that any of this went on
1: at dad's house when
0: he was growing up, grandpa's house. I just...
1: Exactly. And to kind of muddy the water and complicate things just a little bit. So do you remember... Ryman Jr. sending that letter to Himmler saying, hey, yes, we're a proud Aryan family, and we subscribe to this, race. you know, this execute the Jews, blah, 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 blah. We buy into it fully. Um, there was a little something that he forgot to mention in that letter. Do you want to know what it was, Cindy?
0: Well, yeah, I, that I volunteered to use my bagel chemicals to commit genocide.
1: No, 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 no. So it turns out, turns out little Albert, he's got a bit of a wandering eye. And he fell in love with a young lady by the name of Emily Landecker, a 19-year-old factory worker in one of his factories, who turned out to be half-Jewish herself. So, and unfortunately her father, he was deported and, I mean, there's no record of him after a certain point, so the assumption was that he was sent to a concentration camp and murdered Um, she ended up having three of Ryman's children um, and he produced no children with his own wife and then he eventually adopted those children in 1965 as like his to become his like legal heirs and he legally recognized them and they are the ones who pretty much inherited um, the business from him so he
0: basically had an affair with her as she was a factory worker he never he was married to somebody else yes and do we know how she was
1: treated i mean did he uh it it sounds like it was pretty well and according to this one article i read it said that the children his children with this factory worker they knew that their grandfather had been murdered by the nazis but they didn't know that their father was a Nazi. My gosh, what an awkward Thanksgiving
0: dinner that must be. Oh, they're German. They don't have Thanksgiving. No. What an awkward Christmas dinner. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, I, mm-hmm. you guys, I did Ancestry.com, and
1: here's what I found out. Turns out we're all Nazis. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an incredible Ancestry.com <laughs> commercial? <laughs> The
0: commercial, I wanted to learn more about my family, so I signed up for a membership to ancestry.com. And guess what? I found out and oh then my it just God,
1: the whole family just sobbing. Turns out my dad's <laughs> not actually my dad. Although we joke around, but Cindy, I have read so many horrible stories on the internet where, like, oh, I got my parents an ancestry test, and oh, turns out grandma was a hussy. <laughs> whoops, yes. <laughs> <laughs> After subsequently learning that, oh, turns out daddy's a Nazi, um, the family, thankfully, did not turn a blind eye to this. They have, since this information came out, um, decided to donate a considerable amount of money to different funds that help to support individuals whose families were, you know, obliterated in the Holocaust um, to provide money for education um, and so forth. So they've, I've read different numbers. So the first number that I read that Ryman's donated was about $11 million, which sounds like a lot of money, but if you kind of calculate it against what they're worth, it's only like 0.0, it's less than 0.03% of their overall wealth. Um, I've read later articles that said that no, they have pledged to donate about 280 million over the next 10 years to different foundations, including one that they named after their um, grandfather, who was, you know, killed in the Holocaust, hmm. and to support him. Well, good for them.
0: Good for them. I just did a complete 180. I really thought you were going to give me some information, and I was never going to be able to go eat a bagel
1: there ever again. Well, Cindy, I mean, th- again, that is the the problematic piece that. If they didn't have the financial support from the Nazis, then they wouldn't be in the financial spot that they are now. And it includes all of the different companies that they own and their subsidiaries. And let me tell you, Cindy, I was really surprised at all the businesses that this JAB Holdings, that they control. Um, And it turns out a lot of our favorite little snacks have ties to the Nazis. Are you ready, Cindy, to hear no, oh, Katie, okay. I have my fingers in my ears
0: la 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 la,
1: And you know because they were a chemical company um they do there are not a number of um household chemicals and then also um cosmetics companies that they're tied to as well as food companies. so are you ready, Cindy? Is it Mary Kay? No, she's now driving around her
0: pink car with a big red Nazi symbol on the back <laughs> No, no, Cindy, no. Now, wait a minute. Before you continue with the list, I just want to make it clear so we you know we can cover our rear ends. We're not saying these are bad companies. We're not saying don't use these companies. We're just merely pointing out how fascinating that these companies essentially exist because a family made a ton of money and they were Nazis. Yes. Yes.
1: Or individuals who at one time owned the company. They made business decisions that were you know, helped to support the Nazis and they they themselves had support from the Nazis with slave labor. So I mm-hmm. take this information and do with it what you would like. So here mm-hmm. we go, Cindy. And this is just this is, you know, public information. These are just companies that they own. That's all I'm stating. That's all I'm sharing. Mm-hmm. So they own Lysol, they own Coty, which um produces like Calvin Klein fragrances. Mucinex. So the next time you get a stuffy nose, just think about that. Oh, no, Katie. I literally took Mucinex as a
0: like after dinner drink for the last <laughs> month. <laughs> oh, no, my Uh-oh. whole family's
1: been on Mucinex. Oh, okay. So we'll Light as well. And then to get into the food stuff, Cindy. Oh, boy. So in addition to Einstein Brothers Bagels, they also own Noah's Bagels. Brugers and Manhattan Bagel Company. They got their fingers in the bagel industry.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit, that to me seems a little bit suspicious. <laughs> I mean, you're telling me that they really just love bagels?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It seems seems like, like they're covering that. for something. Mm-hmm. Oh, Craig.
0: No, no, -hmm. no. Do you know? I literally told Mike the other day, I'm like, you do realize if there's ever a fire in the house, I'm grabbing (laughs) our child and my Keurig coffee maker. Those are my two
1: favorite things in the world. Keurig, Green Mountain coffee. Yes.
0: No, that's my favorite coffee.
1: (laughs) Pete's coffee, Caribou coffee. Um, Oh, it's just gonna get war city. Dr. Pepper and Snapple. No.
0: Oh. So somebody those cute little sayings when you take off your Snapple lid. That was made mm-hmm. by a company that supports Nazis. Used to. Supported.
1: So used, used to. to. No, not anymore. Not anymore, but crispy cream donuts.
0: Ooh.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I live in a place where we don't have Krispy
0: Kreme donuts, so I'm safe.
1: Okay. I See, I have enjoyed them previously, but now the next time, I don't know if I will be able to.
0: Support Dunkin' Donuts, everybody.
1: This one was surprising to me, and it's only a recent acquisition, but Pret a Manger. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Last but not least, mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to enjoy a cheddar broccoli soup in a bread bowl again no. because they own it. No.
0: Panera bread. No. Katie, you took away my coffee. You took away my coffee machine. You cannot take away Panera
1: from me. Panera bread. Yes. Sucks. Nazis ruin everything. We live up to the podcast episode title. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry I've crushed all your hopes and dreams, but yes, we did it. I
0: have a question for you. What is it? Where were you from December 1997 through December
1: 1998? 97. Let's see. I'm trying to think how old I was. Uh, I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. You
0: would have been like 12-ish, 13-ish.
1: What were you doing? Um, Probably cataloging my Beanie Babies. <laughs> and <laughs> scheming as to how i could get more beanie babies and build my beanie baby <laughs> empire
0: how was how was the uh, how are the college funds working out for you now katie <laughs> have you invested those suckers
1: um let's say they are worth less now <laughs> than
0: they were before let's just say my children are loving their <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do they and i donated a bunch to like a local children's hospitals like just give them away just give
0: them away. the children's hospitals
1: like we would yeah. have preferred a check <laughs> or yeah. a new dialysis machine but i guess these babies are good
0: <laughs> well so unless you were katie if you were a 13 year old girl during this time The answer is probably sitting by the radio waiting to hit record when Celine Dion's number one hit single, My Heart Will Go On, came on the radio. And then you probably spent the rest of the time in your bedroom crying, right, while listening to the song over and over again on a cassette. Oh, my God. Yes. You're bringing me back, Cindy. You're bringing me back. I know, right? So it's 2022. Yes. Katie, I dare you to name a movie out there that is truly better than James Cameron's 1997 blockbuster Titanic. Can you name no, there one? There isn't one.
1: There isn't one. They don't exist.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Titanic is the best film of all time, and that's a fact. This is a history podcast. I would not lie to you. <laughs> do I? Do you think I really need to explain the premise of Titanic?
1: I do think well, there's I would hope not, but I, I feel like there are there are people out there who don't know. For whatever reason, maybe I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who were born outside that time period who have no clue. So if you could briefly go over in history
0: podcast fashion. To be fair, it's probably like um fourteenth century theodosians are like, do I really ever have to explain the Siege of Kaffa? Like we all know, the Paffa, do I? Right? We all know about the
1: Siege <laughs> of If you don't know, you don't know. If you know, you don't. Know.
0: So, for anybody who may not know what the story of Titanic is about, it's a true story about an unsinkable ship that sank. I think that summarizes it, right? Law? Yes, that yeah. summarizes
1: it. And there's a love story incorporated into it as well. Of course,
0: yes. Beautiful costumes, elegant. Mm setting
1: design I guess yeah beautiful set pieces action intrigue um I mean you kind of know what's gonna happen at the end it's gonna sink I mean if you know what the Titanic is you know how it's gonna end unfortunately um but it's it's still very stirring and you know Leonardo DiCaprio's performance and Kate Winslet is just what a dream iconic what a
0: dream so As you know, our topic this week is Nazis Ruin Everything. Now, I'm not here to say that Nazis ruined the Titanic. Let's face it, the Titanic (gasps) ruined itself. Or to be more specific, an iceberg ruined the Titanic. (laughs) But what I would like to propose to you today, Katie is that the Nazis even managed to ruin the legacy of all cinematic portrayals of history's most notorious maritime disaster, the sinking of the Titanic.
1: Okay, for a second, I thought you were going to say Celine Dion. I was like, please do not (gasps) tell me that that beautiful Québécois princess is an anti-Semite. I can't handle that. She's a national treasure.
0: No, no, Celine Dion is not a Nazi. She's lovely. she's got she's oh, a beautiful you. person, yeah, so did you actually know, Katie, that there are a lot of Titanic movies out there? No, there's actually more Titanic movies out there than you would think. In fact, three of these Titanic movies were made in nineteen twelve which if you recall, the Titanic sank in nineteen twelve and one wow, of them they didn't waste any time at all. No, like you got it was like the biggest news of 1912. You got to get some money out of
1: that. Capitalize on that, I guess. But I mean, at least have a little respect for the the dead and for the tragedy. Give it a little bit of cooling period, you know. But one of those
0: Titanic movies was actually co-written and starred an actual survivor of the Titanic. Did you know that? No. I guess. Yes, she's like, I was on that ship. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to start it. And I'm like, kudos to you.
1: I'm going to tell you exactly how it went down. Literally.
0: Oh! Mm -hmm. So, even though there were a lot of Titanic movies made at the time, um, making films about the Titanic eventually became kind of a controversy. In the late 1920s, the White Star Line, which was still around at that time, Mm -hmm. They started to ban filmmakers from using its name as they were concerned that constantly having movies made about the Titanic would (laughs) stir up more, like even more trouble for them.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. You don't want to be the face of horrible, tragic, maritime disasters. Maritime disasters, no.
0: Yes, exactly. So um, there was also at the time a concern that making a film about how the sinking of a British ship would make Britain also look really bad. So obviously, everybody stopped making films about the Titanic because it was becoming really kind of controversial. Everyone, that is, except
1: for the Germans, or more specifically, the Nazis the nazis of course they would want to make a movie that would make britain look bad well not just look bad but also it's that, that the my favorite german word schadenfreude enjoying watching the suffering of others
0: <laughs> yes well and and well and that for sure but do you remember joseph goebbels Yes. I mentioned him in another episode about uh, Edward VIII. Yes, yes. He was the chief propagandist for the Nazi party. So it was in 1943 when he greenlit this film to be made about the Titanic. And he his reason for doing so was not just to make Britain look bad, but also to show everybody how it was British and American capitalism and greed that was the reason for the sinking of the Titanic.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And he also wanted to show everyone that German movies were, like, way better than American movies.
1: Has he ever seen a German movie before? (laughs) Have you ever seen a German arthouse movie? Like, they're very... I mean, I like arthouse movies, but they're, to me... They're just very, I don't know, hard to follow. He's a big and fan, Katie. He's a big
0: fan. Anyone speaking German, Goebbels is a big fan. <laughs> so he actually spent $180 million to create the Nazi version of Titanic. $180 million. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. He even allowed the director... Herbert Selpin, whose nickname, by the way, was the Hedgehog. And it really makes me wonder, what do you have to do to earn the nickname, the
1: Hedgehog? Be able to constrict yourself into a little ball and uh, spike up your hair. When it makes it
0: really hard, you retreat into a small ball in the corner. (laughs) He even allowed Selpin to use a real German ship, the Cap Arcona, which interestingly had originally been built and designed to be better than the original oh, Titanic.
1: Like one-upmanship. one, one upmanship.
0: Yeah. Mm. So here's the basic plot line to the Nazi version of Titanic. It starts off with the White Star Line, and the White Star Line is in a lot of financial trouble. Basically, its stock prices are plummeting. So to help the prices go up, Bruce Ismay, who was the chairman, managing director of the actual White Star Line, he devises a scheme that involves the White Star Line's newest ship, Titanic. His plan is that Titanic will sail to New York at record speed, which will cause a lot of excitement and in turn cause stock prices to soar back up. Now, cue lots of bribery and evil plans for takeovers of the White Star Line during this time. While all this is going on, There is one German officer on the ship, and his name is First Officer Peterson, and he repeatedly tells anyone who will listen, "You guys, like this can only end badly." This, I have a really bad feeling about
1: this. I'm surprised they didn't name him Schmiermoff Mittler. (laughs) Oh, hey, it's First Officer Schmiermoff Mittler.
0: And although Nazis aren't known for being romantics, let's remember that Hitler literally killed himself during his honeymoon. (laughs) There's also lots of romance abounding Mm -hmm. in the Nazi version of Titanic. Is there, wait, Cindy, Cindy, is there a steamy car scene? There is no steamy car scene, but there's a lot of like swooning and lots of oh you dropped that let me help you pick it up oh thank you <laughs> that sort of thing
1: which is to be fair is like the the 1930s 1940s version of steamy car scenes. yes exactly yes
0: <laughs> but from the start the filming of the nazi titanic had many issues besides the obvious which was it was a nazi propaganda film The director, Selpin, had asked to be able to film the night scenes at nighttime, which makes sense, right? Yes. However, right before the shooting of the film, the RAF had started bombing German cities, which resulted in mandatory blackouts for cities, including Berlin, which is where
1: Titanic was being filmed. So, yeah, you can't really, you know, put on any lights when there's out exactly that's 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 how you get just bombarded let's be honest it would it would have been Mm -hmm. a bad
0: time so what do they do instead that's a good question you probably film it in a room with the lights off or you don't film night scenes at all i don't know it just all happened during the day (laughs) or they just change it from like two o'clock in the morning to two o'clock in the afternoon
1: or it's if you watch those older movies where they put up the like black filter but it's very clearly midday
0: <laughs> i mean the film ultimately was filmed in black and white so it's like well i mean true oh true true how would you know the difference exactly. Yeah. well then there was also the issue of the hiring of the Kriegsmarine. do you know what the
1: Kriegsmarine is something with water i'm sure <laughs> very good katie Well, isn't creeks isn't doesn't creeks mean like lightning because like Blitzkrieg is a lightning war. Kriegs, no, war?
0: Well, the Kriegsmarine was the Navy of Nazi
1: Germany. Oh, yeah, yeah, see, water war, water war. Water warriors, that sounds like a game show. Or a really bad, like, 90s dystopian, like, action flick.
0: Water warrior, starring Kevin Costner. Yes, I see it.
1: The worst, most expensive and worst movie ever made. <laughs>
0: exactly. So um, they hired the actual Kriegsmarine, the actual Nazi Navy, to work as advisors and extras on the film. Mm-hmm. So by the time of the filming of this Titanic movie, um, the war at sea was basically all but lost. And therefore the Kriegsmarine... They were less interested in the actual production of the film and more interested in harassing the ladies on set. Oh, no. They were like, we have nothing to lose anymore. (laughs) We're done battling at sea. Let's go find ourselves some ladies
1: to harass.
0: So Selpin was allegedly so mad by this that he called an emergency meeting for the crew where he apparently not only insulted just the Kriegsmarine, but also the Weimart in general. This in turn offended his screenwriter, Walter Zerlet Olfenruss, Olfenrinius, whatever. He was a loyal Nazi party member who in turn reported Selpin to the mm-hmm. Gestapo. Secret police. So on July 31st, 1942, Selpin was arrested by the Gestapo and was even interrogated by Goebbels himself. And he was asked to take back what he said. But Selpin, he said, Nein. <laughs> so the very next morning, Selpin was found hanging in his <gasps> cell by his very own suspenders. Mm, I don't think that was suicide. Mm -mm. interestingly goebbels
1: had the scene photographed for his own archives (gasps) oh i mean i didn't i didn't need more reasons to hate goebbels but thank you for giving me one more cindy (laughs) you're welcome katie so despite
0: selpin's (coughs) murder (coughs) suicide Mm -hmm. The film's production did go on, and a guy named Werner Klinger directed The Unfinished Parts. And if you watch the movie, his name is not credited, but he did finish the filming of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: However, when it was finally time to release the film to the public, the official film censorship board decided, "Mm, we can't release this to the public. So there are a few theories as to why they decided not to release it. It's possible that word of Selpin's murder, (laughs) suicide murder, had gotten around and that it would overshadow the film. Another theory is that by the time the film was ready to be released, it was the Soviets Mm. and not the British anymore who were the Germans' biggest enemies. So nobody would actually care anymore about watching a British ship sink. Oh, a third, and mm-hmm. what I think to be a very likely theory, is that by the time the film was finished, the bombing of German cities was becoming more and more intense, and enthusiasm for the war was beginning to wane. And honestly, people just didn't really want to go to the movies to see a bunch of people die.
1: Yeah, if you're already seeing it every day, all day long, and you're fearing for your life, it, you don't want to go into the movie theater and see the same thing. Movies are about escapism. And about you know living a life that's not yours or being part of something that's not real you know
0: it's not about nazi propaganda
1: katie no no not my first choice when i oh. want to sit down do netflix and chill i don't want to, i don't <laughs> want to be nazism and you know chill. for demeanor <laughs> and propaganda not my not my thing not my bag baby
0: so basically, the movie was never shown, and all that money was completely wasted. Mm-hmm. We're now upset at the Nazis for all the horrific things they did mm-hmm. to millions of people across the world. We're also really mad at Nazis for ruining the story of Titanic. But here's another reason that we hate Nazis, Katie. So, the Cap Arcona, remember the ship that was used to play the Titanic? Yes. It was sunk on May 3rd, 1945. Now, your first reaction might be like, good riddance. Yes. But But actually, no. <gasps> the Nazis had made a last ditch attempt to cover their tracks by disguising the Cap Arcona mm-hmm. as a German warship, and they loaded it with 5,000 concentration camp survivors, many of whom <gasps> were women and children. Oh my and then they God. set sail in the Bay of oh Lubbock. My- God. The RAF fell for this bait, and they sunk it and destroyed oh, it. Oh, no. Ironically, the ship sank with nearly three times as many people as died in the Titanic disaster. In fact, oh. so many people died when the Cap Arcona was sunk that bones of the dead were still washing on shore as late as 1971.
1: Oh, my God. I was going to ask, were there any survivors? No. Nope. It's not awful. Oh.
0: So interestingly, around 1949, the film actually resurfaced and it was shown around Europe. The British saw it and they hated it and they banned it. The Americans saw it and they were like, I mean, it's not that bad. And it led to <laughs> a big debate about whether or not it should actually be banned. I don't know what the mm-hmm. ultimate decision was, but I think everyone was kind of like, "Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Meanwhile, in Germany, it became the hottest film in town. And not because the Germans were excited to see a story about American and British greed and capitalism,
1: but they really just wanted to see what all the fuss was about. <laughs> well, it's the Streisand effect. If you're like, don't watch it, don't look at it, don't see it, people will gravitate towards it and they must know. Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, in 1958, another Titanic film was named called A Night to Remember. Now, this film is often considered the most accurate depiction of the sinking of the Titanic. Really? Fun fact, the filmmakers actually reused shots from the Nazi Titanic (gasps) film for this movie. They just, like, spliced the scenes in? Yep. They were like, we don't approve of Nazism. But we really do like your shots of the Titanic.
1: We're on a budget, you know. You gotta do what you can with what you got. So just throw in some Nazi footage. No one's good at. No one's gonna know. Who would know? I'm not gonna tell anybody. You don't tell anybody. Shh,
0: our little secret. Now, Katie, kind of the crazy, in my opinion, one of the craziest parts of this whole story is that you should know. That while I do not support Nazis, I did watch the Nazi version of Titanic. It's available uncut on YouTube for free. And I but the original version, it. the original version. Yeah. And I have to say, there are some uncanny similarities between the Nazi version of Titanic and the 1997 James Cameron Titanic.
1: So he used it as, like, source material?
0: Nowhere are you ever going to read that James Cameron watched the Nazi version of Titanic. But Katie, the similarities are so strong that I am going to propose that James Cameron probably took a few ideas. And he's like, well, it's not like anyone's going to watch the Nazi version anyway.
1: (laughs) Who's going to watch this Nazi Titanic? Nobody. They're going to watch mine. Give me an example. Like, where where did you you saw two scenes? And you're like that's the same. I
0: have several. Okay, so there's okay. a blue diamond, mm-hmm. and somebody is accused of stealing it. Okay. An innocent man gets locked in a master of arms cabin, only to find that the water from the ocean is sinking in because the ship just hit an iceberg. Okay, yeah. He is also rescued by someone who uses an emergency axe. <sighs> There's a dance
1: scene in steerage class. Yeah, yeah, those those aren't just lucky lucky artistic choices. No.
0: No, no. And I also have to say that one of oh my gosh, Katie, One of my favorite scenes in all of Titanic, the one that I can watch again and again and again and cry every single time. It's the music. It gets to me. It's the part in James Cameron Titanic where Leonardo DiCaprio puts Kate Winslet's character on the lifeboat and she starts to go down and she looks up at him and he looks down at her and then she like throws herself over the side and I cry every single time, Katie. Yes. There is a scene exactly... Like that, where the hero convinces his lover to go into a lifeboat without him. And we actually see her going down, disappearing, watching him. And when there's a shot of him looking down at her, going down the boat. All I'm saying is that the similarities are there and they are strong. Oh, no. How did you feel watching it? I still hate Nazis. (laughs) And the thing is, I mean, I, I can only watch it as a 21st century American, right? And mm-hmm. so, <laughs> the German, the German officer, for example, it's and to me, it's laughable because he's just like, "This is a terrible idea. This is a terrible. I just have a bad feeling about all of this." Meanwhile, everyone else around him is scheming, and they're truly
1: awful people. And yeah. there's no redeeming qualities to any. British or American characters. Exactly. Okay. Um, I, I meant more, I meant more like knowing what you've seen in the 1997 Titanic and then seeing this, was it like, oh my God, James oh, Cameron, you, you jerk.
0: <laughs> You're ripping off the Nazis. When I saw that scene, Katie, of the hero putting his lover in the lifeboat and her going down, when I saw that, th- Good thing this is like a low key podcast and no one can come after me. But Katie, (laughs) if if he did not take that scene directly from the Nazi version, I mean, it's completely ruined the Titanic version for me, if we're being honest. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, I'm never going to. We succeeded again, Cindy. Literally everything you love in this world has been ruined by the Nazis. I will say the one thing they didn't ruin for me was
0: the costumes in the movie are so clearly mm-hmm. 1940s. They had they spent all of their money on getting those <laughs> shots of the Cap Arcona at mm-hmm. the Titanic. And they had nothing left for costumes. So they clearly look like 1940s men and women out at dinner. And you're just like, okay, I know we're supposed to be on the Titanic, but I feel like it's definitely the 1940s.
1: Now, do you think they ran out of money or do you think it was just because of the shortages? Like they weren't <sighs> able to to get... Uh, yeah, the, I mean, it, okay, so it's wartime.
0: They probably mm-hmm. don't have people who are like making costumes exclusively for German films. But I also, there's a small part of me, I don't want to give the Nazi party credit for this, but I also wonder if they didn't make that decision to help the audience connect more. With the characters mm. on board, so they could see themselves like as the there's actually one character in steerage who's a good German woman, and she has the traditional like what I think of as traditional like German hairstyle, like, you know the big braid around her head mm-hmm. um and a part of me wonders if that wasn't a deliberate decision to help the audience connect and see themselves oh, I'm sure, so I don't know, I'm sure. All right. So in summary, Katie, uh, we've officially ruined bagels, Bagels. coffee, Mm -hmm. my coffee maker,
1: Mm -hmm. Titanic. Is there anything that the Nazis have not ruined yet? I can't think of anything. That's literally how I spend my days. Just Titanic on loop at her house. I'm going to have to turn it off now. This is horrible.
0: Oh man, I'm gonna find a new I'm gonna have to find a new cassette tape to play when I am PMSing and need a good cry. I'm gonna need to get the soundtrack to Downfall or Saving Private Ryan now.
1: I'll send you some Shaka Khan cassettes. Um every woman. It's all in me. Or just the Bridget Jones soundtrack. That's also a good one. Perfect. Too. Perfect. Thanks. Excellent.
0: No problem. (laughs)